From finance and commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers. I'm David Bolander, editor of Finance and Commerce. Thanks so much for joining me. Beyond the Skyline is sponsored by Ironmark Building Company. Whether it's a new luxury apartment building in the North Loop or expanding the community in the suburbs, Ironmark builds quality projects for discerning clients. Ironmark's foundation is built on a culture of collaboration with clients and projects that stand the test of time. Talk to Ironmark's award-winning team about your next construction project today. Go to ironmarkbuildingco.com. In this episode, St. Paul Planning Director Luis Pereira talks to FNC reporter Dan Netter about the process of preparing for the city's new zoning ordinance and what kinds of changes to expect in the capital's housing stock. A few weeks ago, the city of St. Paul passed a new ordinance which got rid of single-family unit zoning. This decision was not without debate or disagreement. Uh, it ended up passing the council in a vote of four to three. Uh, and regardless of the disagreements had by the city council members, many of them agreed on at least one thing. The workers in the city planning office had worked hard to put together the ordinance so that it would work for the city. And so we figured we should have on the guy in charge of the city planning department. That is Luis Pereira. Luis, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Dan, for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, Luis, I, I wanted to start with some of the basics. Um, for someone who was not watching the city council closely, could you give us a brief explanation of the ordinance that was passed recently? Sure. Um, so, in St. Paul, and as in many cities in Minnesota, uh, in order to amend the zoning code, uh, you most typically have uh, a recommendation from the planning commission, and then a, a final decision from the city council, uh, as well as um, a, a signature by the mayor. And that occurred in St. Paul. Um, so what we were calling the one to four unit housing study, uh, the, the amendments that result, so under ordinance 2343, uh, allows for additional homes on properties um, in zoning districts that were previously only allowed for single family uh, homes. Um, so uh, these zoning districts are are updated and they allow for a real, a real diversity of housing types, everything from um, additional um, accessory dwelling units, say beside, uh, uh, behind a house, a single family house, uh, to um, twin homes, townhomes, duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, um, and even in sort of a, a cluster development. Um, so that's oftentimes homes that are grouped around a, a common courtyard or a green space, um, in addition to um, uh, multiple single-family homes on a, on a site. Um, so depending on the zoning district, uh, lot specifics, and the plans um, for, this, for that site, uh, you could have you know anywhere between two and five units allowed on many lots uh, that were previously zoned only for you know one single unit, um, and so that that was sort of the 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 crux of what we uh, studied for several years, 
and developed kind of two phases of, of proposals and brought it through the process uh, that that culminated with uh, the council and decision recently and the mayor's uh, signature. The uh, ordinance. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say the ordinance goes into effect um, November 26th of this year. That's good to hear. Um, well, I, I want to hit a little bit on, you know, that that proposal process that you were just talking about, um, you know, so so take me back to when you and the uh, planning office first started examining this issue for the city. Um, you know, what what year did you start doing it? And um, what were you looking at? Yeah, thanks, Dan. So, um, so really, this started many years ago. Um, I was thinking, you know, when was the natural starting point of this? And you could argue it began in 2016 when the city adopted its first accessory dwelling unit ordinance. So basically allowed for ADUs or sort of, you know, uh, what sometimes are called carriage houses or, or uh, granny flats. Uh, lots of different mother-in-law houses, mother-in-law yeah. apartments, um, allowed them in, in certain neighborhoods along the city's green line, uh, light rail corridor along university Avenue. Uh, and then later on in 2018, um, it expanded, uh, to, um, citywide, uh, to allow them citywide. And that was around the time that I came in as director of planning. Uh, actually I think it was the month I, I joined, they were, they just, uh, adopted it at the city council, if I'm not mistaken, in October, 2018. And, um, also in 2018, um, the city council passed a resolution, um, that was very broad. It was about housing, about housing choices, you know, just recognizing the need to, uh, create and preserve additional housing, especially affordable housing. Um, it talked about addressing disparities in housing. Um, as well as creating infrastructure to stabilize housing in St. Paul. So it called for a lot of different things um, from uh, housing finance to, to zoning and planning. Uh, one of the initiatives it specifically called for in that resolution was for planning staff and the planning commission to study the potential for allowing three and four unit dwellings in currently single family zoning districts um, located uh, in what, what are called neighborhood nodes. That's um, a category of geography and our comprehensive plan, um, as well as, you know, the sort of housing along transit corridors. And so, you know, what potential is there to allow for, uh, you know, essentially three and four plexes uh, in, in much of our city and what would make sense for St. Paul and what kind of zoning would be needed uh, to, to accommodate that and to permit that. Um, in addition to uh, the 2018 council resolution in 2020, um, the city uh, adopted its 2040 comprehensive plan, uh, which is consistent with the Metro Metropolitan Council regional plan, Thrive 2040. Um, and that plan, the comprehensive plan of the city is kind of our, you know, sort of a holy book of planning, if you will. You know, we go back to that as sort of our uh, major policy document. Um, that plan called for environmentally and economically efficient, resilient land use development. You know, offering opportunities for existing uh, density, existing development um, along uh, existing and planned transit lines, um, as well as increasing housing choices for residents of all income levels. So there's just a lot of different policies in the land use and housing chapters of the comprehensive plan that talk about uh, growing our population, growing our housing stock, 
and focusing that growth along um, neighborhood nodes and and transit lines, which you know again was referenced in the in the council resolution. Um, it also talked about expanding housing types in urban neighborhoods, which is uh, a category uh, in our comprehensive plan that applies to really most, if not all, of the single-family zoned area in the city. Uh, so expanding our housing types to include things like du- duplexes, triplexes, townhomes, small-scale, uh, multifamily, and you know, really broadening out those choices for people um, and considering zoning amendments to permit permit those type permit those types much more easily um, to make to allow that to happen. So those are the two main kind of policy um, uh, supports, if you will, for for this study. Um, and that's that's why, you know, after doing some scoping uh, in 2019, uh, we began the study um, uh, really in uh, in haste in, in 2020. Um, we did both a phase one and a phase two of the study uh, to lead to zoning amendments. Was there a... I'm looking for a word here. Was there like a spark by the uh, city council um, in terms of trying to increase the population in St. Paul? Um, was that a driving factor? Yeah, I think it it's both the city council, but it's also um, what the Metropolitan Council was was saying that you know the Met Council is part of um, the Metropolitan Land Use Planning Act, uh, Land Planning Act rather. It it calls for it has forecasted uh, growth of the population, and they really distribute that growth to each city in the region. So what does that mean? It basically means the Met Council gives us a forecast. Say your population is going to grow. And your households are going to grow and your jobs are going to grow by, you know, X number over the next 20 years. And our job as planners in the, in, in municipalities is to plan for that growth. So where are the new people going to live? Where, where are the new people going to work? Where are the existing population going to live and, 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 and work as well? And so, um, that, you know, given that we're a built up city and urban core is what the Met Council calls, call, calls us in the region. Um, you know, there's a particular density level that they're going to look for at 20 units per acre if for housing, um, but also what are the specific sites in neighborhoods where uh, the most growth might be expected and, and, you know, how do we plan for that and on the ground in terms of zoning and and other infrastructure. Um, so a lot of the growth mm-hmm. that we've, we've guided in the city is along our major streets and, and in downtown. Uh, that's where the majority of the units would uh, would likely come from where we have opportunities, especially our, our larger development sites like Highland Bridge on the, on the western part of the city or, um, you know, potentially the Sears site, the former Sears site in the central part of the city, and, and then the Hillcrest or the Heights on the northeastern corner of the city, uh, where we have both housing and job growth expected and, and planned for. So those are the, the bigger sites that really will provide the majority of that growth over time. Uh, but this this study focuses on the areas that are are built lower density, sort of smaller, you know, single family duplex, triplex neighborhoods um, that might have some small opportunities for infill. And and so we don't expect the majority of the growth to come from uh, even after we do this, the zoning, the zoning is in place. We don't expect the majority of the growth to come from from these areas. It's just important to to allow for it and with the policy in the in the zoning. 
Yeah, I want to I want to hit on that a little bit. Um, you know, that I think that was a common through line um, among some of the city council members when they were voting on this was that this wasn't going to change things overnight in the city of St. Paul. Um, and I guess, you know, I, I want to move a little bit towards that direction of of talking about what this means for you know developers and for residents in the city. So for, you know, any homeowners who are in St. Paul, um, maybe they're in a single unit and, you know, maybe they're, you know, afraid that the government's going to come knocking and, and saying that they're going to bulldoze their house in favor of a, of a duplex. Um, you know, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, thanks for that question. So we believe that, you know, given the market dynamic, the market dynamics that actual development of, of, of these types of homes is going to proceed slowly. Um, mm-hmm. and we, you know, one, one evidence, one thing to point to is, um, we have allowed for accessory dwelling units on essentially most, if not all single family zone lots, um, since, you know, effectively 2018, um, you know, you have to have, you had to have been a lot, a large enough lot, you know, up until 2022, but we haven't had, you know, a waterfall, a, a ton of production of ADUs in our city, even allowing for it. And so, um, I think if, if our market were such where there was a, you know, a, just a huge demand for that, we would, we would have seen more of that happening. Um, so that's one thing that I think sort of suggests that development will proceed slowly. Another thing is, uh, redevelopment is very expensive and new construction is very expensive. And so the the actual change in what's allowed under the current zoning, one single unit with an ADU um, versus the new zoning, which is in many cases, you know, maybe a duplex, maybe a triplex if your lot is big enough, um, is not a huge jump. You know, you might be talking about two or three more units maximum on, on a site. And so the question is, you know, is the existing single family house, the market value of that, the market demand for that high enough that it, you know, that that is the best sort of use in the market in terms of, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense to take a perfectly good housing, uh, a house and demolish it. And, and then you end up with an opportunity for a a very small number of incremental units as a result, because that, that new construction is expensive. And, um, the actual market rents you can get out of that are not necessarily high enough to justify that huge expense of de- demolition and new construction. So, you know, another piece of evidence that we look at um, is our, our experience across the river in in Minneapolis. Um, so, Minneapolis since 2020 has have allowed for uh, essentially two and three units on many lots that were just previously allowed for for one. And, um, their, their production has been, uh, as well, uh, you know, uh, has been modest. Um, I will say, um, it, they've, they've seen, um, just a few, um, uh, you know, they've, they've seen essentially, um, I believe it's 34, uh, units, uh, per year. So 25 duplexes and nine triplexes, um, per year. So that's a total of 50 units in duplexes and 27 units in triplexes per year since 2020, since this has been allowed. So again, you know, it's not, it's not going to be the majority of the 
housing growth in the city. Uh, and, and it's, I think partly there's not a lot of lots that, that have a ton of opportunity for new construction one, but then two, um, the, the economics of each project, actually getting the numbers to work can be challenging. And, and so I don't think that's an argument to not do it. It's, it's an argument to allow for it. And as our market matures, as, as, you know, as, uh, demand for additional rental or ownership continues to increase, developers will actually be able to consider that and homeowners will actually be able to consider making some of those investments to add a unit if it makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. To your house and, and, or to your property. And so taking into consideration what you just said, uh, you know, how soon do you see then developers starting to take advantage of this? Um, do you think it's going to be, you know, in a few years, in a few months? Um, when, when, when do you expect to see some more movement around this ordinance? Yeah, I think we're going to have um, some interest right away. Um, and I think the biggest interest is going to be, this is my prediction, I think we're going to have um, existing vacant lots that exist, you know, that we have in the city where, you know, there hasn't been development happening. And maybe the only development you could do on it was a single family house. If you can now do a twin home on it by right, and you don't have to worry about getting a rezoning to allow for that, um, or even a triplex, um, there, there might be more interest in that vacant lot than there wasn't as compared to, you know, what we had before. So there's more options for, for that vacant lot. I think also that, um, given what we did with accessory dwelling units, the, this ordinance 2343, 2343, um, allows for a little more flexibility with accessory dwelling units. And we understand this to be of interest to a lot of homeowners and people with equity. Um, so with this ordinance, we now allow for two accessory dwelling units for each single family dwelling on a zoning lot. Um, and so there's some rules around, you know, what that means. Um, you know, sometimes it has to be, you know, one attached, one detached, uh, or two detached. There's some specific parameters around that, but in addition to the, you know, having two ADUs on a lot, um, the, the maximum size we've, we've made that more flexible. So, um, it can be 800 square feet or 75% of the floor area of the principal home, whichever is greater. Um, so that's a little bit more flexibility. Um, you know, maybe that additional size justifies the investment a little bit more. If you're sort of on the fence about, you know, do I want to spend, uh, $250,000 and essentially get a, a small, uh, efficiency apartment or do, do you actually want to have a, a, a unit that's, you know, might be more in the, in the thousand square foot range sort of thing. Um, so that, that, I, that kind of investment, the ADU investment, I think will be of greater interest to, um, in particular homeowners, um, who, who might have a need for their, to, for housing their family or a family member, or, uh, you know, maybe it's a, a student, um, some, something like that, a caregiver, perhaps, you know, as a, as a, as a, um, a homeowner ages, there might be some need for that, you know, having have somebody nearby who lives nearby that can take care, but also, uh, needs a modest, uh, income sort of, uh, rent. Um, uh, another, um, area where I could see, um, uh, interest is, um, among developers who want to do 
uh, what we call a cluster development. And this is for larger sites. These are generally going to be sites that are at least two city lots um, up to basically the equivalent of four city lots. Um, there's not a lot of these in the city. There's not a lot of really large sites like this, but when there is, um, the new cluster development ordinance as part of this uh, ordinance um, would allow for groups of housing uh, structures up to four units uh, in in a structure. So you could have a single family next to a duplex, next to a, a you know a fourplex or a, or you know four unit townhome building. Just sort of walking you through what this could be uh, mm-hmm. grouped around like an open space. Um, there's a minimum requirement for open space per unit, so. Uh, that's 150 square feet per unit. There's requirements for um, pedestrian access to the new homes in, in such a development. And so you begin to, to see this opportunity for kind of a, a kind of a mini neighborhood, if you will, uh, nestled within a, a, an existing community, existing neighborhood where you already have streets and sewer and sort of alleys and things like that to be able to tie in and create opportunities for, for modest, you know, rental or, or ownership or both um in in a development um so i think that's kind of exciting to um think about those new flexible um opportunities with the zoning code um you know you you might have parking off of an alley um whether in a garage or in sort of a uh, surface parking spaces as well as part of that development um we don't have a minimum uh requirement for parking in the city of St. Paul anymore, but we understand that uh, housing development, many times there's there's going to be demand for parking as an amenity. And so and, and uh, so that might be uh, provided by the developer um, or uh, and or um, the financer of of such projects might what might want to see in you know, a one space per unit that sort of thing to get the project yeah. um, actually moving forward. So um, Parking is still important, even if we don't have that minimum requirement. It provides a little more flexibility for, for how much parking you might provide in a development. So, I'm I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit. Um, what what do you think that the St. Paul housing um, market and and I guess housing situation in general? will look like five years from now. Uh, do you think that we'll see an increase in these ADUs, an increase in duplexes and triplexes? Um, or do you think that it's going to remain largely the same? Yeah. Or something in between? I I think there's going to be a, something in between. I think we're going to see a continuing demand for single-family homes. Um, we don't have enough supply of single family homes in the market. We've had, you know, between one and two months supply uh, for many years at this point. Um, and they, you know, they say in a more healthy housing market, you're supposed to have five to six months of supply. So I think we're undersupplied for, for ownership housing. And that's been our majority type for ownership housing, single family homes. Um, but I also think that um, over time, you're going to see new ownership types such as twin homes townhomes um whether we're going to get back to kind of condo buildings is a question um but i think you know the sort of the attached side-by-side uh housing type is one that um 
we could see more of now that the zoning will allow for it. Um, I think there's continuing, there's going to be continuing demand for single family. As I mentioned, there might be now, uh, you might have creative stuff where you have a lot where you've got two single family homes detached on the same lot, sharing a green space. I mean, again, that would be allowed now where you never could do that before unless you had double the lot area per unit. Um, so I think it's going to be slow. It's going to be incremental. Um, we might see, um, you know, we've been seeing a loss of our two to four unit and five to 19 unit buildings in the last, uh, say, decade. Maybe we'll stem the tide a little bit and, and at least stabilize and maybe start going back up again with those, with those missing middle types. If we're successful, we'll see that over time. I think it will be more of a long-term thing, though, as, um, as you know, the market continues to face shortages. We have a shortage of rental and ownership options for people in the Twin Cities. We're the 13th most, most undersupplied uh, housing market in, in the country. And uh, that includes 80,000 units short in the Twin Cities metro area. So uh, I think as supply continues to be constrained, um, you know, we might, you know, we might even see uh, conversions of existing large homes to two units where um, it makes sense to do that um, financially, or there's demand for for that. Um, so this ordinance would also allow for that as well as new construction. My guest today is Luis Pereira. He is the planning director for the city of St. Paul. Luis, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Dan, really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Skyline. We will see you next week.